Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Welcome to another exciting episode of Fan Junkies Radio and what we call Dumbass Monday today. <laughs> I am your host, Jonathan Rackus. Alongside me, as always, you can hear him laughing right now, Mike McShay. Mike, what's up, man? Oh, dude, i got to tell you, I just, you know, I'm, I'm counting off the days until allergy season is over. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we got to get you some Claritin, man. Oh, man. A but lifetime point, supply. You, you know, that is, you are so right, because it seems like half of our agenda here today are filled with dumbass stories. <laughs> it, it is. It is. There really isn't a lot going on in the sporting world right now, Mike. No, no there isn't. We were in, talking about that earlier. That yeah. In the terms of actual really good, unique, and you know, exclusive sporting news, but there are a lot of dumbass things going on in the sports world. <laughs> Uh, in fact, I would say, what, it's it's such a slow news day, it was even slow in the world of history. So Yes, yes. And you know what? We're going to cover everything from baseball to football to basketball to hockey to even golf, Mike. Yes, we are. In, I, in, in our Dumbass Monday here on Fan Junkies Radio. The dumbass things that happened in golf. Yes, there were. Oh, my God. I tell you. Wow. Wow. Um, prepping for today's show was a lot of fun, i got to tell you that. Well, you know, and listen, I think it's an appropriate way for uh, listeners to be jumping back in on a new week. You know, just sit back, settle back, relax, and laugh a lot. Cause and laugh a lot. And also, doing. and also call in if you want. The number is 347-237-5373 and let us know what you think of the dumbasses we will be profiling today on Dumbass Monday here. Bring, bring your Radio. own dumbass story. Just bring your own dumbass story. Why not? If it's you... open dumbass forum. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it, man. All right, Michael, let's start off with one of my favorite segments here, Today in Sports. Well, like I said, unfortunately, it's even a little bit of a slow news day in the world of history. But... Do we have a dumbass today in sports? <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, I would be offending way too many fans if I threw this one out as a dumbass story. Uh, let's take it back to 1988 for a moment. Mike Schmidt, Philadelphia Philly hit his 535th home run to move into eighth place on the all-time home run list. A little slow, but I threw it out there anyhow because, I mean, I, I remember that one quite well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good one. You know, Mike Schmidt, phenomenal player. So. Yes. And I know you're happy about that today in sports, Mike. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't, didn't, wasn't like, didn't have quite the pop that some others I've brought on here have, but that's no, all right. No. But it's still fun. It's yeah. still good. It's still good. Well, it's long on Dumbass Monday. <laughs> it, it's Dumbass Monday. you got to love it. Let's uh, jump right into it, though, and uh, NHL playoffs, Mike. Yeah. Let's talk NHL playoffs here. Uh, we had two games yesterday, Bruins defeating the Rangers 5-2 to take a two-games-to-none series lead. Yep. That was a hard one to watch for me yesterday, Mike. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't see as much of that one, believe it or not, as I did the late game, Jonathan. I actually saw all of the late game. Yeah. Um, so I can speak to that one a little bit better than I can the first one. Uh, the Rangers-Bruins game appeared to be fairly competitive up until about the middle of the second period. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was going good, you know, two up, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they just 
came on with some goals there. You know, right at the end, uh, end of the second, they scored one, and then uh, two in the third, and Rangers just couldn't get the offense going. But that seems to be the case every game now, Mike. So, but in the late game, uh, Senators defeating the Penguins two-one, two t- uh, with the Penguins taking a two-one series lead. Uh, Ottawa getting one in there, two overtimes, Mike. Yeah. Um, really, hero of this one was Craig Anderson, goalie for Ottawa. Yes, indeed. He played phenomenal. Forty-nine saves he had. This and game, who scored the winning goal? Was it Greening? Uh, yes, it was Greening. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say Alfredson. He actually had the first one that tied the game late in the uh, third period. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that goal came with j- just seconds remaining uh, in the game. Yeah. Uh, it was an interesting game to watch, and I'll tell you, Jonathan, um, I, I sat, like I said, I did sit and I watched it all. Um, here's what I came away with. This was a great game if you like old-time hockey. Definitely. Excuse me. If you like old-time hockey, because it was very defensive. Uh, and I, I, for one, being an old-time hockey guy, I like playoff games that, that go 1-1, you know, 2-2, that sort of thing. You know, I can't stand, I can't stand big offensive games. Mm. It just, it, it, you know, to me, it's not, it's not as exciting. I don't know. A lot of people would disagree with me. Yeah. The Senators played very, very well, albeit as you watch the game, particularly in the overtimes, Pittsburgh should have won this game. Well, but they didn't because Craig Anderson was a stud in that. Yes. Stud. He was really the hero yesterday. Uh, you know, good for Ottawa getting a win against the Yep. Mighty Pittsburgh Penguins yesterday. But it goes to show you that in the playoffs, anything can happen at any point, and a game can turn very, very quickly. Oh, really? Well, though the Penguins should have won that game. It should be three nothing. But give it to the Senators. No, absolutely. Tonight over on NBC. Yes, I'm sorry, NBC. Um, I know everybody's getting a little frustrated with the announcers over there. I don't blame you. But it's the Blackhawks and Red Wings tonight at 7:30. The, ter- the, the series is all tied up at one game apiece, Mike. Yep. It's going to be a good one. Let me tell you. It's been a good series so far, and it's only two games in. Over in the NBA, we had a one game yesterday. Spurs defeating the Grizzlies 105-83 in the opener of that series. Um, wow, what a difference uh, in this Memphis Grizzlies team yesterday against the Spurs, Mike. Well, and I put up the note on our uh, on our Frat House Facebook page. You know, uh, Is it now nearing midnight for the Grizzlies? Because, I mean, listen, it's one thing to lose, but when you lose by what, 20-plus points, Wow, that is, uh, I did not actually get a chance to see uh, any of this game, Jonathan. I don't know whether you did or not, but I, I yeah, did. I got, I got to see it. And uh, y- y- listen, you know, you know, it's bad when Quincy Pondexter is your leading scorer off the bench with seventeen yep. points. Yep, yep. Um, you know, Marcus Ole was good, but not as good as he's been. Mike Connolly really wasn't there. Tony Allen the same. Zach Randolph though, one for eight with two points in the game. I mean, they really shut him down. Mm-hmm. They shut him down big time. Their defense just was not there. Memphis. I think they'll bounce back though, Mike. I, I don't. I don't know if they'll necessarily um, win the series, but they'll definitely get a game at least. So well, I was actually going to throw out to you. You know, could this go? Could this be a sweep? Could this go sweep? It, 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 listen, if the, if the Grizzlies play like they did in Game One consistently, yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. Wow, absolutely, no doubt about it. This could but, be over quick. Could be oh, over quick. Yeah, they need Gasol and uh, Randolph to really step up in this series in order to uh, at least win a couple of games. So, um, no games tonight. Tuesday, Grizzlies and Spurs again, and I believe the Eastern Conference Finals start on Wednesday with the Pacers taking on the Heat. Yes, Mike, my Knicks are out of it. Yep. Yep. Knicks. I don't know what's going on with you guys, but got to do some stuff in the off season. Well, 
you know, you can't, you can't. They did, they did well, okay. Listen, it was a phenomenal season. Yeah. I, I give Carmelo Anthony a ton of credit. Everybody's saying how he choked in the playoffs, and I, I, I think that's absurd. Once again, his team just collapsed around him. Ch- Tyson Chandler wasn't good. Raymond Felton wasn't good. J.R. Smith was just awful for this Knicks team in the playoffs. Yeah. The uh, one guy I really don't want to see them resign, although there is reports going around that uh, looks like he could be signing a four-year deal with them, and I don't like that at all, Mike. So we'll see what happens. You know, it's going to be a pretty long off season for the Knicks. Yeah. Yep. Let's. Well, do- I mean, it was a big. It was a lot to ask them to come back. Oh, and yeah. win three in a row. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I mean, they got they got second life when they won uh, when they won game five. Yes. Um. And they won that game, I believe, by 10 points. Yeah. Uh, but to have to go into Indiana and, and to win game six there, to force a game seven back at New York, you almost had a bad feeling going in that, in fact, Indiana was – they were going to make sure that this thing got taken care of and not even allow that to get back into New York. Yeah. Because had it gone back to New York, Jonathan, I frankly think the Knicks would have won. Possibility. But I think, uh, you know what, in the end, too, it came down to the players that needed to play – and really respond, didn't respond. And it also came down to coaching, Mike. I think Frank Vogel really outcoached Mike Woodson, which is saying a lot. I give a ton of credit to Frank Vogel for doing the coaching job he did with this team. And I would still love to see what this team could do in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat if they had a healthy Danny Granger. I think they would right. have a really good shot. Right. I, I really do. But without a healthy Danny Granger, uh, they may get one win against Miami Heat, but it's but it's I, I just don't see them competing against them. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. I, I would agree. I wouldn't mind seeing that myself. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to really miss Danny Granger in that Eastern Conference playoffs. So. All right. Let's get into a little bit of an MLB update here, Mike. American League East: the Yankees uh, with a half game lead over the Boston Red Sox with a twenty seven and sixteen record. They're now seven and three in their last ten, Mike. Uh, Boston, though, coming on 6-4 and four in the last 10 with a five-game winning streak. Yes. In the American League Central, Cleveland with a two-game lead over Detroit now, Mike. 7-3 and three in their last 10 with a four-game win streak. Cleveland is one of the hottest teams right now in baseball. And who would have thunk that? They are playing some good, good baseball. They beat the Mariners yesterday 6 to nothing. Well, it's the Mariners, so... Well, Mar- Mariners are not a horrible team. No, they're not a horrible team, but they're not a good team either, so... A.L. West, the Texas Rangers with a six-and-a-half game lead over the Oakland Athletics now. Eight and two in their last ten. Uh, best record in baseball right now, playing 659 ball. Yeah, look at the Angels, 12 games back. Yep. The Seattle Mariners are actually better than the Los Angeles Angels. I, you know, I, I think it's still going to turn around. I still think Texas is, uh, you know, with the way it's going, I think they'll take the A.L. West. But I think when it's uh, all said and done, I think you'll see the Angels at least in third, maybe second place. So. Well, I asked this question on Friday. I'll throw it to you, Jonathan. And, you know, there's got to come a point shortly, it seems to me, when the Angels' uh, management there are going to be sounding the alarm. And it's going to be soon. It's got to be. You can't let this keep going. You're 12 games out of first now at this point. When, in fact, are they going to sound the alarm? I don't know. Soon, I guess. You would but- think. But honestly, what could they really do? They, you know, they got so much money tied up in certain players. It would have to be a coaching change. Ah, wow, something's got to give. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, look, they're not going to get rid of Pools. They're not going to get rid of Josh Hamilton. They're de- they're definitely not getting rid of Mike Trout. Mike Trout, no. You know, they're not getting rid of C.J. Wilson. Nope. You know, what else could they do? They're not going to get rid of uh, Jared Weaver. Mm-mm. They're going to get rid of uh, Sosha. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. 
Yeah, I mean that's that that's the only possible. You might be right. I could see them making. You're right, me right. No. We got Jim in the uh, chat room. Jim, what do you think? They're gonna get rid of social? Might that be the first one to fall? I don't know, man. You know? It's, uh, I, you know what? I think it's gonna be between. Uh, I know you. Uh, Don Mattingly. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, that, well, Jim was saying the same thing earlier today, but uh, you know, hey, seems to me the Angels have got to do something, and you might be right, uh, Jonathan. It might just have to be. So she takes the axe. Yeah, I know Jim is hoping they trade Mike Trout to the Phillies, but I don't think that's happening. <laughs> All right, let's move over to the National League uh, in the NL East. Uh, Atlanta still on top of a two and a half game lead over the Nationals. Uh, Braves starting to turn it around a little bit during the three game win streak right now, Mike. Five and five in the last ten. Um, NL Central, St. Louis with a two and a half game lead over both the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yep. Uh, Pirates eight and two in their last ten, Mike. Yep. And both St. Louis and Cincinnati seven and three in their last ten. Yep. That's actually going to be a very very competitive uh, three spot there. I think. I, I would agree with you. Yep. I mean, if Pittsburgh can maintain it, now that's the, the only thing. You know, uh, is Pittsburgh going to turn out to be? You know, uh, who am I thinking of uh, that always comes on early in the season and then all of a sudden they they dwindle away? Um, but well, uh, listen, <laughs> huh? The Dodgers or the Mets? <laughs> no, there was there was uh, somebody I was watching yesterday. I uh, oh the the Indians, Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Cleveland does that consistently to us. It seems like for the past what three four seasons in a row now. You know, they come out they come out gangbusters in the beginning. For the first two months, and then all of a sudden they just disappear off into the you know into the night. <laughs> no. So Pittsburgh, though, uh, yeah, surprisingly hanging in there, two and a half games out. Yeah, looking good. Um, over in the uh, NL West, we have the Arizona Diamondbacks with a one-game lead over both Colorado and San Francisco. Um, you know, competitive there, Mike, but you know, not many teams can really hang on and really stick with a big, big winning streak. I know Arizona's six and four in their last ten, but nobody's really uh, taken a big game lead. I mean, even the Dodgers are only seven games out, and they're in last place. Yeah, uh, but to me, both the East and the West right now in the National League, uh, you know, mediocre at best. Really, when you take a look at it, it, it appears that ne- none of the teams really want to have a firm hold on the number one spot. Yeah. I mean, even San Fran right now down in the third spot, but only a game out. Dodgers yeah. all the way down in the basement, seven games out. Yeah. Now let me ask you this, Mike. I know we're talking about uh, Mike Sosha possibly being uh, the first or second manager being out of here. We we know Don Mattingly is already being rumored to uh, being ousted as as head coach. Uh, you know, do you really think this is Don Mattingly's fault? What's going on with this Dodgers team, considering the players that you know the Dodgers management brought in for him? And you know, a head case like Zach Greinke. You got head cases in Hanley Ramirez and Carl Crawford as well. Josh Beckett. I mean, we all know he's a monster head case. You know, is 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 it really Mattingly's you know Mattingly's fault? What's going on with this team that they're not responding? Well, the fact is, I you know, look, I I think we'd all agree that you know when you're talking mid-May, which is where we are right now, yeah. If a team is going to make a managerial change, I don't think it's ever the manager's fault. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really don't. You'd have well, to in some cases it is. Well, okay, it's yeah. dumbass Monday, so you'd have to be a dumbass manager. All right. Yeah. Uh, to to get like Harry Collins. Oh, I I I see. You know, I I'll, I'll go right to you on that one. What what is the issue with with Mets fans and, and Collins? Oh, Collins. Aside is... from the aside from the fact that at times he just says dumb dumb. 
crap. Collins doesn't hold any players accountable. I mean, you know, on 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 anything, bad calls, bad pitches, bad you know, bad plays on the field. He just has no emotion. He shows no emotion over anything. He just sits there and lets it happen. So, yeah. you know, that's you know, that's that's definitely a guy. Uh, Mike, you know, when they hired him, I was uh, very against it. I do. I'm not a fan of Terry Collins. I think the guy is a loser. Yeah. Um, you know what he did um, on on his previous team. I think it was was uh, was was the Angels, right? When he just totally like took off. Yeah. Or something like that years ago, uh, you know, just don't like him. He's he's not a good major league manager. So yeah, that's you know that's one of the guys I think should be uh, ousted as a manager, along with Sosha and, and Madden with if it happens. Yeah. So. Well, I, I you know we were talking about this a little bit. I think it was on Jim's show uh, with regard to the uh, to the Dodgers. Um, you know when you take a when you take a look at it, uh, they've really sustained a lot of uh, key personnel injuries, et cetera, that I think have have uh, hurt this team early on. Uh, I, you know, you can't, seriously, I'm not, I'm not at a point right now where I'm going to sit and blame any manager on any team, including Sosha over at the Angels Mm -hmm. for, for, you know, a team not performing up to expectation. I think it's too early to do that. Yeah. Well, well, especially with these all-star studded rosters. Well, obviously, I mean, if a team's going to make a move, let's say the Angels make a move and they can't Sosha. They, They might be doing it not because they're blaming Sosha, but because they just feel that what they have to do. They shake things up in the clubhouse. Yeah. Get these guys on track. Get your head out of your butt, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be a situation like that. But I, I, I don't think you can blame any manager this early for, you know, as I said, a, a team not performing to expectation. Well, the Lakers did to Mike Brown. <laughs> well, yeah, but listen, you and I were both on record with that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You know, but look, it, it, it's it's these all-star studded rosters, Mike, that are all collapsing. Look at Toronto right now as well. Correct. You know? Correct. And, and you know, it goes to back to what we talked about before, and that is that, you know, frequently it's not what you buy that's going to get you going anywhere. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. You know, we've been saying it for years and years and years. So. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, well, albeit we as fan bases buy into it. I mean, uh, with all, with, you know, make no mistake. I was right on board saying, oh, my gosh, Toronto is going to be a powerhouse. Oh, my gosh, the Angels are going to be, you know, uh, I'll continue to remind everybody I have, and I'll continue to have because I can't change it now. It's out there in the stratosphere. <laughs> uh, I have the Angels winning the World Series this year. I think I had Detroit and Cincinnati going with Cincinnati winning, I think. I can't remember. I have to go back and listen to that program. I think that was you, me, Jim, and Frank, right? Yeah, I've got it written down. I've got it written down in my notes that are in my big pile next to... Yeah, try to find that for next show if you can, so we can go through that again. I believe... I I know I had Cincinnati, and I know I had Detroit. I might have possibly changed up Cincinnati with Washington. I'm not sure, but... But, uh, you know, so, no, as fan bases, we buy into it when teams run out during the offseason... They buy themselves a big roster, as Toronto did, as as the Angels have done over the past two seasons. We buy into it real quick and go, oh, look at this. On paper, this team is good. You know, and how often does it really turn out? I mean, the Dodgers are another perfect example of that. Yeah. No. You know, I frankly had the Dodgers uh, competing for the uh, NL uh, West uh, all through the season with them and San Fran going back and forth fighting for that one. I said it could either it could be one or the other. Yeah, but why was I buying the Dodgers? I was buying the Dodgers simply because of the incredible year that they had last season, and I thought they were just going to come out and continue to roll on from last season. Yeah, it's not—it's not exactly going that way, is it? Nope, it's definitely not. 
All right, well, you know what? We'll see what happens. I think uh, we'll see some managerial changes probably uh, mid to late June, Mike, if I, anything. so. I would think so as well. No. I think it might even be before then. It's a possibility. And I'm hoping it's Terry Collins and the New York Mets. Wow. Okay. All, right, all right, before we get to a little bit more uh, baseball tidbits here, uh, throw out the number here, 347-237-5373. Give us a call with any of your questions, comments, or if uh, you want to speak about something we're talking about here today on Dumbass Monday. There you go. Uh, but this isn't a dumbass, and uh, that's Matt Moore of the Tampa Bay Rays. Have to give him props for matching Babe Ruth, a record yeah. that Babe Ruth has. Uh, Matt Moore is now the youngest lefty to start the season 8-0 since Babe Ruth did it in 1917 at age 22, Mike. Yeah. Matt Moore is a 23-year-old pitcher with the Tampa Bay Rays. He is now 8-0. Yep. How amazing is that? So does he make the cover of Sports Illustrated next week? Because we know that the uh, we know that the Dark Knight of Gotham made it uh, this week with, with Matt Harvey. He should. You know, uh, well, I, I mean... It, you know, is there is there room here for a comparison between the two? For sure, I would think, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's no, you know, there's no question about it. Harvey's five and zero with a one point five five ERA with sixty eight strikeouts. Matt Moore is eight and zero with a two twenty nine ERA with fifty four uh, strikeouts. Um, only fourteen walks for Harvey, twenty six walks for Moore, and Moore has a one point oh nine WHIP. Harvey has a 0.72 whip. So Harvey, the better pitcher right now, but Matt Moore has the record. And I think if you put Matt Harvey on a team that could actually score runs, Mike, I think Matt Harvey could easily be up there 8 or 9-0 and right now. I agree with you. So, I would agree with you. You know, he is the only bright spot of the Mets right now. Him and him, but, David Wright, unfortunately, and that's it. You know, when it's a shame. When you start looking at, when you consider, I mean, you know, let's keep in mind. Yeah. This is, you know, what year is it? It's 2013. When all of a sudden we've got a 23-year-old taking the mound and doing something that hasn't been done since 1917? Huh? What? Seriously? That's crazy. That's that incredible. is crazy. That's absolutely incredible. So we've got a 23-year-old pitcher in Matt Moore and a 24-year-old pitcher in Matt Harvey. Two Mets taking yep. uh, MLB by storm right now. Yep. That's pretty cool. Um, but you- Harvey, Harvey's doing it, in my opinion, with a lot more fanfare uh, than Moore is. Moore well, you know, I mean, New York – Tampa Bay, uh, you know. I, I agree. It's I agree. the media, man. It's all about the media. It's 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 a shame that I'm only hearing about Matt Moore over the last few days, Mike. Yes. At his record and being that young of a lefty to match that record since 1917. Right. I'm sorry, but you know what? When he got up to about six and zero, they, you know, this is when Tampa Bay should have taken over the the, the organization and really got it out there to get some fans in the seats. Yep. Yep. You know. Yep, I agree with you. Um, Good for him, though. Good for him. That's a uh, interesting tidbit for the morning here. Before we get into our dumbass stuff, let me just take a look. I just wanted to see real quick uh, where Tampa Bay is. They're fourth place in the East. Yes. Twenty-three and twenty. They're only four games out of first place. They're eight and two in their last ten. Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay. Eh, they're getting up there. Yeah. You know, they're getting there. I like this story you sent me, though, Mike. You sent this to me over the weekend. Uh, Belgian golfer Nicolas Cossert, Yes. Um hit one of his shots into a bathroom. <laughs> Ten-hole. Ten-hole tee shot. Ten-hole tee shot. I couldn't believe it myself. Uh, kind of like one of those little, uh, oh, kind of outhouse sort of buildings, you know, right on the golf course. Yeah. Right through the front door. Boom. Apparently it landed right next to the toilet. 
Really? You know? Yes, it did, apparently. Uh, I know he, talked about he actually took the bowl and threw it in the toilet? I did. There was a report, and, I, and I'm not. I'm not sure if it's if it's legit or not. That he jokingly, with the judge there, he jokingly did a drop of his ball into the John. Yes, that's what I'm told. That's pretty funny. That was one of the things I read. Now I don't know if that's legit or not because, listen, you know, golf judges take things pretty darn seriously, and if they're gonna, you know, if you're gonna make a drop like that, pardon the pardon the use of the word drop. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to take a drop like that, uh, they might just actually make you take another drop, and then they'll they'll hit you, they'll record you on a stroke on that one. You know, uh, this is getting all way too strange. Uh, shouldn't they? Uh, <laughs> I would have let him hit it from the bathroom. Uh, actually, you know, I got to be honest. I'm not quite sure where they where they let him drop. Too. I guess he had to come out of the building itself. Hold yes, on. He did. Yeah. Did he come out? Okay. Yeah. So I'm not. Was, he was allowed to move across the cart path to a nearby bank. Okay. All right. Listen, man. If Shooter McGavin had to hit it off of Mr. Larson's foot uh, in Gilmore, I would have let him hit it right out of the bathroom. That is, it's. I'm I'm watching the video right now of this. This is very funny. And they were having a laugh. They yeah. were it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there was there was some amusement going on with this. And that's why I, I said I did read. Now I don't know how legitimate it is. That uh, yeah, they're, they're standing there laughing. That uh, he he did a drop of the ball right into the toilet. But that's uh, funny. And he lost. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. It's at the uh, Volvo World Match Play Championship. Uh, yep. When was that? Friday or Saturday? Right, I believe. This was on. Uh, this happened on Saturday, I believe. Yeah. This happened on Saturday. Yeah, he he actually does. I'm watching the video, and he actually does drop the ball into the toilet. So the judge apparently let him have a little fun with it. Yeah, somebody wrote on the, uh, one of the comment sections that uh, he would give him a number two stroke penalty. Oh gosh, I like that. Well, go- you know, listen, golfers take their sport very, very, very seriously. They do, and rightfully so, right? Well, I, maybe. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're in the bathroom t- doing it. So. All right, Mike, uh, before we get to the next thing. I'm telling uh, you, there's just way too many places you can go with that, you know. With, yeah, there, there is, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut and be a nice you know, guy. Uh, you know, pulling out your putter in the in the, in the the bathroom and things like this. I mean, there's just too many, you know, all for a dumbass Monday. What can I tell you? Family-friendly show. What's the matter with you, man? I, I, listen, I'm only reporting what happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We're at the 30-minute mark. Oh, man. Let's. Hear a word from our good friends, Mike, over at the WIFL, the Women's Indoor Football League. Hi, I'm Kylie Fainall of the WIFL. I want to tell all of you about the next generation of women's athletics. The Women's Indoor Football League is the first professional women's organization where the athletes get paid for what they bring to the field. The WIFL is currently holding its first nationwide tryout tour. Don't miss your chance to be a part of professional football history. Go to www.wiflfootball.com to find the tryout closest to you. And don't forget to check out great workout gear from Respect the Sweat at respecttheswet.com. Thank you, Kylie. Good stuff over at the WIFL. Good friends of ours, Mike. There you go. Yep, absolutely. Kylie, Kylie uh, actually uh, made an appearance on my uh, on my Friday House Saturday show. Oh, yeah? Yeah, right there. Right? That little bit. Yeah, she came on. Very there. nice. Yeah, very yeah. nice. Very nice. I'm actually work. I'm actually working on a project with the WIFL. Mike will uh, fill more people in uh, as soon as it comes out. Yep, 
and uh, yeah, it was it was nice because it let me uh, do a little rocking and rolling to that uh, music there. Yeah, you gotta love Motley Crue, man. You know how much I dig that tune. Yes, yes. Well, it's better than the uh, polka music you usually play, right? Yeah, <laughs> polka music. That's I, I reserve that for Dumbass Monday, which only rolls around once every once in a while. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Mike. This story I like that you sent me. Uh, Kobe's not retiring. And, uh, yeah, he actually had to take to Twitter to tell people he's not retiring. He oh, said soon, but not yet. Yeah, of course still, not. Still has a lot of work to do. And then um, the story took uh, a little bit of a different path, talking about Kobe Bryant, with the impossible to think of the sport without them top ten, Mike. Uh, well, this is this was USA Today putting together. I mean, you know, I guess trying to find an angle on the – Kobe will not retire story. Yes, this was, yes, this was reaching for content is what we said. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we've, we, right, and you and I have talked about this many times in the past as well. Yes, and this is uh, Dan Chinoff for the win at USA Today Sports. I'm going to read this list to you, Mike. Yep. Number one, Derek Jeter. Number yeah, two, right. Kobe Bryant. Number three, Serena and Venus Williams. Number four, Tiger Woods. Number five, Peyton Manning. Number six, Roger Federer. Number seven, Mariano Rivera. Number eight, Tom Brady. Number nine, Jeff Gordon. Number ten, Kevin Garnett. Right. I have a problem with that. Right. Now, to to just clarify for the listeners. Yes. The list here is titled, The Impossible to Think of the Sport Without Them Top Ten. Okay? So, in other words, uh, it is impossible to think of baseball without Derek Jeter. Or Madison Rivera. Yes or no. Okay, it is impossible to think of uh, football, the NFL, without Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. Okay, that, that's that's the that's the premise to this particular dumbass piece. Yeah, <laughs> dumbass piece. I'm sorry. It is. This is the stupidest thing in the world. It, is it impossible to think of the NFL without Peyton Manning and Tom Brady? I can. I can I think can. of it. I can easily think about the NFL without them. I mean, for God's sake, at some point or another, we're not going to have them, aren't we? I mean, would it be strange the season after they leave to not see them on the field or behind the huddle of those respected teams? It would be strange, absolutely, because they've been around for so long. No doubt about that. But it wouldn't be impossible to think of the sport without them. No. No, absolutely not. On any of these. Every 10 years it changes, Mike. Absolutely. Every impossible, 10 years it changes. Impossible to think of golf without Tiger Woods? Are you kidding me? I brought up this point. Tiger Woods has been ir- irrelevant now for a number of seasons in a row. Yeah. So, uh, listen, we've already seen golf, really, when it comes right down to it, without Tiger Woods. This is the first season that we've seen Tiger Woods play like the old Tiger in, what, at least two or three seasons now. So. Yeah. I, I, I actually think the the two biggest jokes on this list, Mike, and we talked about this before, was Jeff Gordon and Kevin Garnett being on here. Uh, Jeff Gordon's – that's a re- – look, I'm a, I'm, I'm, one, I'm a monster NASCAR fan. Yes, if you you're going to put a name on this list from NASCAR, that name should be Jimmy Johnson right now. That's who should be on it. But even there, there's no – in my opinion, there's this, this list shouldn't even exist. That's how dumbass this list is. Yes. Um. But if if you're going to put a name down there as a NASCAR representative, it's Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. The guy just won his fourth – I think it's his fourth. might be fifth. Um, but it definitely his fourth all-star race uh, just on uh, Saturday night. No no, no NASCAR driver's ever done that. Yeah. 
And I'm sorry, but Kevin Garnett, man, he shouldn't even be on this list. Yeah. He shouldn't even be an honorable mention. I'm sorry. I, I, I think that's stupid. You know? Roger Federer. Huh? Hey, listen, it would be strange not to see Roger Federer or Serena or Venus Williams on a tennis court. But with all the new up-and-comers, Mike, that are starting to take the world of tennis by storm, same thing with the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and all other sports, you get over it. Well, wait. Here's the other thing, though, that makes this, uh, as we pointed out, this is just this is just a a a a, a controversial talk piece uh, uh, that we're we're just going to reach. We're going to reach for something just so, just so ridiculous. Consider for a moment. All right, there's no Derek Jeter, there's no uh, Peyton Manning, there's no Tom Brady. Bottom line, they're going to be replaced by somebody. Oh yeah. So all you do is just take these names off of this list, and you would just replace them with whomever. Would be replacing them. Yeah. I, I mean, think about it. It's 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 just the stupidest concept in the world. You know, Mike, we saw a lot of players leave the league sure. in, in any sport. And when you talk about great players leaving, I mean, it's not very often that you get to watch probably the greatest player in a sport play. Right. And in the NBA, we got to see that with Michael Jordan. We had we got to see Michael Jordan play right. for many years, and then we got to see Michael Jordan retire. Right. Was it weird that there was no number 23 for the Chicago Bulls that next season? It was absolutely weird. Yes. It was strange. Right. But there were still phenomenal players in the league that made the NBA what it was. Right. And that was a good sports league. It was good basketball. It was competitive basketball. It was very strange without Jordan, but we still watched it, and guess what? We got over it. That's the point. We get over it. Now, yeah. you know, uh, I just made the point, you know, look, uh, we're talking about Jordan. Jordan's a great example, perfect example. Uh, could he? It, was he replaced? Well, look, bottom line, you know, we can sit and have that conversation and, uh, and, and debate about it, you know, all night long. And guess what? You're never going to get You're never going to get a perfect answer, but the bottom line is, no, you can't replace Michael Jordan, in my opinion. No, you can't. Okay. So, at the same time, you can't replace Kobe Bryant either. Because there's a new player that's going to come in and be himself and be just as good, if not, right. somewhere near the same level. Right. You know? But I'm sorry, but with Kobe Bryant leaving, we have Kevin, Gar- we, uh, we have, we have Kevin Durant. Yes. He's phenomenal to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sorry, but I think he, he may not win the championships – but I think towards the end of his career, you're probably going to see that Kevin Durant's going to be a better scorer. And, and, and that's I, in essence, you're making my point. And that is that each one, regardless of their greatness at the particular moment or not, every individual is going to be replaced. The question is, would they ever be replaced by someone as good as them? And as we just pointed out, Michael Jordan is a perfect example. I'll give you a personal example too, Jonathan, a very personal one. Um, and that that goes back to my Philadelphia Flyers from uh, you know the the mid seventies era. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I saw probably one of the best goaltenders ever to play the game, and that was Bernie Perrant. No. And when Bernie Perrant finally started breaking down, and he had the eye injuries, and, and it was obvious that Bernie was done, and he had to move on. It was very, very, very difficult as a fan to think that Bernie Perrant could ever 
leave the game, that the game would ever be the same for me. Yeah. All right? But as you just pointed out, ultimately that did happen. I got over it. We moved on. And for a period of time there, other goaltenders came in, and we almost had one that could have been a Bernie Perrant replacement protege, and that was Pelly Lindbergh. Yes, and I got absolutely. a chance to see. I got a chance to see him play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that initial blow of Bernie Perrant leaving the game was very, very difficult. Uh, but it's not impossible to think of the sport without the person. No, no, it's not. Listen, you were able to have replacements in goal for the Flyers, but they were never able to replace Bernie Perrant. You Correct. Know, that, that's the thing. There, uh, and there it is. I mean, it's, for me personally, I think you, that's exactly right. You make. It's the same thing as Michael Jordan. The fact of the matter is, for my team, the Philadelphia Flyers, Bernie Perrant is and has been, and there's been no one yet that has come anywhere near, in my opinion, being able to replace Bernie Perrant. Not for my Philadelphia Flyers. Now, that's not to say that Bernie Perrant was the greatest goaltender to play the game that I've ever seen. Listen, I've got to give an awful lot of credit to uh, uh, somebody like Marty Brodeur or to Ken Dryden back in the day. Yeah. I mean, there there are multiple goaltenders who I think compete against Bernie Perrant and maybe even are better. Yeah. Oh, but absolutely. when I'm talking yeah. specifically about my team and somebody that I watched and, and emulated and it was my – then I have to look at it and say, hey, you know something? The Philadelphia Flyers, in my opinion, have never had a better goaltender since Bernie Perrant. Oh, yeah. You know what? Using hockey as a great example, you know, because they play so many seasons, Wayne Gretzky being one of them. When Wayne Gretzky left after his time with the Rangers, you know, he, you know, here, here's a guy that was playing in the NHL since 1978. He leaves in 1999, Mike. Right. You know, almost 20 seasons, and then we'll never see another Wayne Gretzky. Right. But the NHL hasn't missed a step. Exactly. Another great example. I mean, that's that's the Michael Jordan example that we just used for the NBA. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. But you know what? You can say in any any sport, in hockey, we'll never see another Mario Lemieux. Right. In basketball, we'll never see another Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. You know? In football, we'll never see another guy like even a Wayne Corbett, Mike. Mm-hmm. We won't. But that doesn't mean that there's going to be other players that are going to capture people's memories, though. You know? Right, right, right. Because, I mean, there's always going to be somebody that's going to come in, and they're going to play up to their standards, and they're going to take... You know, and, and, you know, people are going to take notice. So A list like this does nothing more than lead to the old uh, uh, debates. Who was the better at this position? You know, and you name it. Name the position, and that's all it does. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It leads to that sort of debate. You know, uh, you're, bringing up, you're bringing up the NFL. You know, you and I could sit here and go back and forth and debate again till, 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 till the moon comes out this evening. We could sit here and debate. Joe Montana or or um, or um, uh, Mr. Ed, yeah, right. Why am I John Elway? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could sit here and debate that one. Who was the better quarterback? All right. Yeah. And and the fact of the matter is, it's always going to come down to being uh, subjective. You know, I'm going to say I'm always going to say that the best quarterback I've ever seen in my lifetime has been Joe Montana. Period. Mm-hmm. Bar none. Yeah. Somebody else is going to say. Somebody else is going to say that it's it's John Elway. Somebody else is going to say that it's Tom Brady. Yeah. No. 
Well, so, that's that's you know healthy debate. So it's it's always going to be that way. You a know? list a list like this is just well. Now we're doing the same thing now with the whole Michael Jordan Lebron James comparison. Oh God, is that going on? I mean, it's just listen. I, I that one has become ad nauseum. I'm sick of it. Yeah, I am as well. I, I am so sick of if there's not another blog site, magazine site, sports talk radio program that does that whole who was better, Lebron or. Or, or 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 Michael Jordan, it's it's ridiculous. It's stupid. I don't even. Why even engage in it? It's uh, to, to, to me, there's no comparison, Mike. Well, I agree. You and I, you and I've talked about this one in yeah, the past. Yeah, yeah, we've said it time and time, and, and I've said it time and time again. Even even in the past, even when LeBron was still with the Cavaliers, it's Michael Jordan, hands down. You yeah, know. And, 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 and listen, we could have we could have legions and legions of listeners out there right now. Saying, you know something? Oh, they'll call and say LeBron, no doubt about it. Exactly. They could say, good thing that you're calling this dumbass Monday because you guys are dumbasses. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. You can you can have that opinion. That that's you know. Yeah, it's everybody's opinions. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's all this list does. This is one person's opinion about the the impossible to think of sport without them list. I mean, it, it, the whole. I, you know what? The way he's saying it is almost as like, okay, if Kobe retires tomorrow and I'm a huge NBA fan, I'm going to stop watching not, you know, basketball because Kobe Bryant's not in the NBA no more. Yeah, it, it, you're exactly right. It actually makes it sound like if Kobe's not there, the quality across the league is going to just is going to drop. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to flatline. It's and that's that's a stupid stupid uh uh a belief. That's a stupid thing to even try to contend. Well, because as you just pointed out, Jonathan, listen, you, if all these people leave right now, Mike, and everybody stops watching, this guy's out of a job. So I mean, it was it was just a stupid reach for content. <laughs> stupid reach for content. Uh, can we get all these people to retire? Because yeah. this guy ought to just get out of the business. That'd be funny, man. This is this is you know, I I, I when I sent it over to you this morning, I said, hey, listen, it's 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 a slow news day. It's a dumbass Monday. This is a good one. Let's get this one on the air because it, it just, you know, what it, it just piqued our curiosity of why this guy would would write what he wrote. And yeah, it's just, you know, I I have to say after what I'm reading, probably the biggest dumbass of the day here. Open it up to the callers three four seven two three seven five three seven three. Who's your impossible to think of person that sports just wouldn't be right without? There isn't one, Mike. There isn't one. You know, we. We got to witness two of the greatest in two different sports, and that's Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan. With them leaving, and we were still watching. Yeah. And still, wow, look at these players. It's it's just not. No. Absolutely. That player can't be replaced, but the sport is still going to go on. Exactly. Let's get to another dumbass here, Mike, and that's ESPN Stephen A. Smith. Um, <laughs> don't like this guy. I, I, I think he's obnoxious. I think he's a fool. Oh, he's fun, though, as a caricature. Uh, he, he is. He's, he's he's a cartoon character. Yep. In my book, he is. Um, and he he takes to Twitter, saying, "I am depressed right now, ladies and gentlemen. Not going to lie, I can't sleep and I won't eat. I don't even want to work, but I'll be on first take in the AM. That's working." Um, and then he wrote back, "Just leave me be while I recover from this, please." And now he's talking about the Knicks losing in the playoffs, Mike. This guy is so depressed that the Knicks. Lost that he can't sleep, won't eat, and won't even bother to basically do his due diligence, you know, due diligence and answer his fans when they're asking him stuff about the NBA playoffs. You can relate, yes, can't you, Jonathan? 
I'm dying. <laughs> Am I depressed that they lost? No. Not depressed. I'm not depressed when any freaking team loses. But I am upset that they lost, but I got sure. over it. I'm over it. Sure. You're looking towards the offseason now. It is what it is. Well, I, wait a minute. Now, I asked you the question, and I, you know, when I first saw this, and, and I read it this morning as well, and then you sent it over to me after the fact. When I first read this, I'm thinking to myself, oh, come on now. This is a joke, right? This is Stephen A. Smith just trying to get his usual, uh, you know, dumbass Monday, uh, 15 seconds of fame this morning, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's what this is. Come on, it's got to be a joke. He's just putting it out there as a ha and, and you you think it's actually you you think this is for real that this is exactly that he means this? Oh yeah, it's absolutely yeah, it is. Uh, you know sh- you know Sean Hyken over at USA Today Sports, Mike. He wrote uh, you know Sp- you know Smith is showing commendable courage in returning the first take after a professional basketball team he has not employed by lost the playoff series. His bravery and strength should be applauded during this difficult time. Of course. Well, okay, now yeah. that's. That's big tongue-in-cheek. Yes. Well, no, he's, he's, he's being sarcastic because even he says it's ridiculous that Stephen A. Smith is this is, is, is acting like this over the Knicks losing in the playoffs. It, it, it's like, honestly, Stephen A. Smith was dying, and the lifeline plugged into his arm was the Knicks' playoff run. The Knicks are out of the playoffs due to the Indiana Pacers kicking their asses, which we all saw. And it's like, you know what? He was just unplugged from the machine, and he's dead. That's it. Doesn't, in some respects, doesn't Stephen A. Smith undermine his position as an NBA analyst when he makes a statement like this? Doesn't it undermine his integrity a bit <sighs> to, to put out there to fans that I am so devastated that this team without I love so much, when you're supposed to be an objective analyst – of all of the NBA, doesn't it, in fact, lead some to question? I don't know, Mike. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just a thought. I mean, you know, if, with all due respect, if, if if I know that I'm listening to a play-by-play announcer yeah. or uh, a, a color analyst who I know for a fact uh, is very, very pro, you know, in one way or another toward uh, a, a different team – I gotta be honest. I have a little bit of trouble with that. Yeah. You know, well, when I listen to Mike and Mike in the morning, okay, uh, over on ESPN, and Greenberg constantly going on about the New York Jets, to me, it it diminishes my ability to look at what Mike Greenberg has to say with any kind of integrity whatsoever, because it's always going to be tainted by his uh, 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 affinity to the New York Jets. Yeah. No. And to me, you've got the exact same thing going on here. Well, you know, especially since it's not like a local program. You know, it's, it's, when you're it's, doing a national yeah. program. It's national. I make I make no qualms about the fact I'm a Philadelphia fan. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, you make no qualms. We talk about Philly sports and New York sports all the time, Mike. We exactly. blast them. We can, you know. Exactly. However, I think both of us can say that it, the bottom line is, and we both, I think, have, have, have displayed it on numerous occasions right here on this show. That we don't think twice about slamming our own teams. No. When we know that they are not good or when they're not doing the right thing or when there's a player out there that has j- just, you know, gone completely off and is, is wrong, we don't, we don't think twice about it. We're not we, – we don't, we don't have rose-colored glasses on, period. No, no, no. You know, it's, it's – uh, you know, it's, I don't know. You know, Stephen A. Smith needs to take the fan goggles off. That's what he needs to do. 
And, uh, you know, I, I mean, listen, Stephen A. Smith has no qualms about bashing this team because he does it on almost an everyday basis, Mike. But it's his allegiance to this team that even his bashing you can't take right. professionally. Because, I mean, as, as you see it here, he's just he, – he lets being a fan get in the way of doing his job. And there's no, there's no problem with being a crazy, crazy fan of a team. Exactly. But you are the voice of something. You are out nationally in front of cameras. You write, and you, ha- you can't let that get in the way. You know, you, you need to be able to evaluate a team and its players – from a professional standpoint and not the fan standpoint when you're doing this type of job. Well, and you're making my point, and that is that it, it does you're, – you're in essence saying exactly what I did, yeah. which is that it does undermine in some respects Stephen A. Smith's integrity. I, and, I, I, don't, I don't think he has any integrity, Mike, but that's just me. <laughs> you know? Like I said, I enjoy him. You know what I would have liked? I would have liked to have seen what his persona would have been like on this morning's uh, first take. Oh, he was probably crying. He probably had a little hanky. Well, I wonder how Skip Bayless responded to it. Oh, he's, he's another moron. Oh, I agree. He's a jerk. But yeah, listen, the two of them together, it's just, it, you know, it's... I can't I, watch it. To me, it's unwatchable. It's highly entertaining from the standpoint of... The only time I watch it when they have guys on like Mark Cuban who goes right back at them, I love it. Yep. I love yep. it because these guys think they are the, the, the almighty of sports, Stephen A. Smith and uh, Skip Bayless. And, and the third, Mike Francesca. But it's Dumbass Monday, and that's all the more reason why it would have been probably highly entertaining to have a very depressed Stephen A. Smith on, who probably was looking gaunt and, and, and emaciated because he hasn't eaten. His eyes were probably down. You know, uh, the bags under his eyes were bugged. I don't know if his eyes could be any more bugged out than they are as it is. But. Really? And then, of course, then you got Skip Bayless over on the other side. I mean, I think it probably would have been just highly, highly entertaining uh, stuff. I'll have to see if I can get it in replay. Well, you know what, man? They're both probably all broken up considering the Knicks lost and Tim Tebow's not in the NFL for Skip Bayless. Yeah, really? Really? Uh, that, 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 this was very funny. I, I thought it was a very funny story. Yeah. Well, this just came over, Mike. Let's talk about another dumbass, and that's uh, Boston Celtics <laughs> forward. Terrence Williams arrested late last night after uh, he had an argument with the mother of his ten-year-old son and uh, supposedly threatened to shoot her. Okay, uh, this one, this one, you're hitting me with out of the blue. Yes, I just read it, so I had to throw right. it because you know what? They're all coming over. So, oh, oh all the dumbasses are coming out of the woodwork. I got oh, you. The dumbasses are coming out of the woodwork. Hey, Pedro Martinez as well. Uh, all right. What, what, now, what's the, what's the nature of this story again? Of the Boston Celtics forward? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, he got, he got, he was arrested late last night for making uh, gun threats and uh, death threats to his uh, the the mother of his ten year old son. I, and who who was this? Terrence Williams from the Boston Celtics. Ah, oh, okay. Well, and, and I mean, listen, eh, morons, man. I, How often do we hear these kinds of stories, though? I mean, it is. It's honestly lately, it's more so than ever. I think. Yeah, it has become an everyday thing. In fact, I mean, it's almost gotten to the point of what's the point in reporting it? I mean, really. Uh, and listen, listen, notice what we're doing right now. We are so desensitized to this sort of thing that we're not even paying attention to it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. There goes the mascot. Mascot's at it. See, the mascot's even pissed at the dumbasses today. He has every right to be. Oh, yeah, I don't blame him. You know, it sucks. I mean, this just totally ruined my whole thing because Terrence Williams was a uh, four-year college player at Louisville. Mm-hmm. So that just ruined it for me. Thanks, Terrence Williams. 
That's I I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's this kind of thing is just happening far too often. Yeah. Why people think it's it's okay to just go and threaten people with handguns in their faces and what have you? I don't get it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this dumbass for Monday, Mike. <laughs> uh, that's the guy who spent um, $105,000 to buy the broken BCS Crystal Bowl trophy oh, from Alabama. Yeah. It was broken by um, long snapper Carlson uh, Tinkler's father. Yeah. $100,000 for a broken, shattered Crystal Bowl. Yeah, I must have lost this article, but that's all right. We can talk about it. I, I must have uh, – I had that one up, and now I can't seem to find it. But anyhow – uh, you know, you and I have talked about stupid memorabilia purchases in the past, and this one's got to be just about the dumbest. Now, 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 listen, Mike. Let me ask you this: If you had the choice between a shattered BCS crystal ball or Kurt Schilling's bloody sock, here we go. Which one would you? Yeah, which buy? one am I going for? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Neither one of them. I mean, for sure. No, no, no. You, no, you have to pick one. I have to pick one? This is kind of like Brewster's Millions. You have to spend your money right now. And you have a list to spend it on. (laughs) (laughs) Our room is actually right because I read about this the other day. Somebody spent $1.9 million uh, for a naked painting of B. Arthur. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I saw that one. That one was all over Facebook the other day. Okay, you know what? Let me ask you this now. A shattered BCS ball or a naked photo of B. Arthur? Well, I don't want the naked photo of or, or painting or whatever it was of B. Arthur. <laughs> that. Why not, man? I, you know. You really? Want you, you, wait a minute. You want that? What? You want that? No. Oh, oh okay. All right. Yeah. I was going to, you know, because we could spread some rumors about that. I know uh, Rex from uh, Airheads wants it. Huh? Uh, if nobody knows the story, the uh, the the trophy that, that Alabama got, somebody yeah. popped the damn thing. Of course, it's made of glass. Uh, in fact, I think it's made of crystal, right? Uh, they get it. In fact, it comes from uh, uh, what's the famous crystal place? The Etch Crystal. Anyhow, uh, water, water is it Waterford? Waterford Crystal, right? Something like that. I can't remember. Anyhow, they, it, it, this thing costs a great deal of money to make. Uh, somebody drops the dumb thing and it smashes into a million pieces. Some other guy comes in, buys the pieces of it. Why? Why? Well. You know what I have a problem with, That's though, Mike? $100,000? I mean, this thing was only insured for thirty grand. Oh, okay. So we're going to pay three times three times the amount that it was actually insured for. For a broken crystal ball. I mean, it, it, I mean it, it, is it just that people are that ridiculously rich that they don't care about spending a hundred grand on some on, on, on garbage? When you think about what $100,000 could do, you know, good... Give it to me. I can go buy a house right now. In some society. Listen, make an investment in our company, for God's sake. That would be a good thing. I like that. Um, But, I mean, when you think about that and then you see somebody going and do it, I mean, look, I understand we probably shouldn't be judging. You know, let people do what they want with their money. I mean, it's their money, for God's sake. It's fine. It doesn't make it any less dumbass. I agree. (laughs) You know, since we're talking dumbass Monday, this puts you in the category of a dumbass. Absolutely, Mike. Oh, man, alive. Well, we only have a little over four minutes left, so let's get to this dumbass real quick, Mike, before we end today's show. <laughs> and that's um, Dante Stolworth, a guy who should be in prison right now. 
um, was arrested for taking pictures. Well, almost arrested. Almost arrested. Yeah, almost arrested for taking pictures of the uh, Langley headquarters. Yeah, it's the CIA. Yes. Oh, the CIA. Yeah. Um, why was he taking pictures of Langley headquarters? I don't know. I guess he was just driving by, sees the big old crest there, and goes, oh, this would be cool. Let's get some pictures of this. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, though, he put it out there all over his Twitter account in multiple, multiple posts um, uh, where he starts out uh, taking uh, that pic in my – what is he – how does he – in my AVI, I came eerily close to being sent to Guantanamo Bay. Lucky for me, he was a Redskins fan and gave me a pass. Next post uh, – Y'all think I'm joking? Uh, they rolled up behind. Uh, they rolled up on me, and I hadn't been there for more than two minutes tops. The first question was, "What are you doing?" The second question was, "Why are why were you taking pictures in front of the sign?" Uh, to which I uh, to which I started to understand uh, shit was about to get real. <laughs> um, that's when I told Buddy. Uh, I live not far from here. I play for the Redskins. Yes, I pulled that card. And love my country, LOL. Uh, he looks at me and says, Stallworth? In which I replied, uh, depends on who's asking. But he was cool. We laughed it off until that day. I had no idea the CIA had police. Before we parted ways, he did inform me that they don't like people taking pictures around here. I thought to myself, who is they? No harm, no foul. Uh, do you buy this for one minute, or is this a joke? Uh, no, I'm sure it happened. I'm sure I'm it happened. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's just amazing that uh, you know, he took the Twitter to write a couple of chapters of a book about it. But. Yeah, really. I mean, it did go on for a little while, but at least he was clear. I mean, you know, it was it was clear. Uh, let me ask you a question, Jonathan. You're let's say you're down in that area. I think where, where's where's Langley? It's down in Virginia. Yes. Let's say you're down in that area. And I don't know, you happen to drive by the CIA headquarters, and there's the big old CIA. What, what, I mean, would you think, hey, let's jump out and get a picture? No. No? No. I, I mean, I think it's an innocent enough. Oh, no, oh, no. It, it's, it, it's innocent enough, but uh, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want a picture of the CIA building, would you? I mean... Well, I don't know. It's a CIA building. It's kind I mean, of that's like Evan Mathis, this, uh, you know, from the Eagles, jumping out and taking a leak on the IRS service building. Well, that was just – I think that was dumb. But... Yeah. But yet, I don't know. He didn't get uh, – I don't know. Did he even get in trouble for that? I don't I, – not that I recall. But, I mean, I'm just I'm, – to me, I, I think this is – I mean, if this is for real, if this actually did happen, I think it's an innocent enough, I think, kind of mistake to make. Yeah. I mean, we don't think twice about getting our picture taken in front of, uh, I don't know, the Washington Monument no. or something like that. But I guess the CIA building's a little bit different than a statue, you oh, know, or, sure. or, or, or mean, a building, you know, uh, you know, that kind of a monument. So. Would the response have been the same if he was taking the picture outside of the Pentagon? I would, I would assume perhaps maybe so. Oh, probably. But I think a lot of people, uh, you know, take pictures outside of. I mean, Pentagon is just looking at a building. Actually, I don't know if you can Do get one and overtaking shots of it. Then actually, I don't know if you can. Act, I, I think there's a perimeter around there that you can only get up so close to it. You can't yeah. like get onto the door. Well, that's the thing. I like to know because there is a perimeter around the Langley headquarters. Right. But I mean, there's got to be. I mean, there's the CIA. So. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, what you gonna do? But that's it for uh, Dumbass Monday here. Dumbass okay. Monday, yeah. Just came out of the blue, though. So It did. It really did. But good show. Fun show.
we'll be back Wednesday, as usual, 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time Wednesday. Tomorrow, um, 8.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, uh, Russell Chat Radio returns with the director of Barbed Wire City, the unauthorized ECW documentary. So join Brett, Clint Daniel, and Jim Williams for that one tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. Yep. going to be a good show. So anyway, for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all tomorrow for Russell Chat Radio and Wednesday for Fan Junkies Radio. Catch us all then, will you please?